Welcome to Customer Service Academy Radio with author and customer experience expert, Tony Johnson. Tony will share his vision for successful customer service, leadership, and business excellence, and speak to some of the most impactful leaders in business today. And now, here's Tony Johnson. Hello, everybody. Customer Service Academy is back on the air. I'm Tony Johnson, your customer experience leader. You have probably heard me say four years. I've been saying it for almost a decade now. When you put the customer at the center of everything you do, fantastic things are possible. This week, we're going to talk about just that and jump right in really to three core pieces that we can use to make that happen. This week's episode is courtesy of Ignite Your Service Training and Consulting, coming to you live from the IgniteYourService.com studios. Happy to be here, and again, great show on the docket for you today. As you know, we always alternate back and forth. I'm going to give you an interview every other week, and then every other week, kind of a piece of my mind and what I'm thinking and what I'm seeing out there, really just in the in the customer experience, in the business, in the you know, really just in the universe and in the ether of all the things going on out there. And I will tell you this week, again, I want to dial in on on this idea of customer centricity. So, you know, that sounds like a big word, sounds like a big scary phrase, but really there's three pieces that we can use to really dive very, very deep into this. And just make sure you know that for right now, I am offering a free 45 minute phone consultation to talk about service and sales growth and customer centricity, because really when you get leadership and you get service and you get great execution all together, the output of that is fantastic sales growth, profit, quality, the whole kit and caboodle. And and we're all in this together coming out of our post-COVID economy and what that's going to look like. So we have to support each other. So let's talk about these three things that we can do to really drive what I think are, are just the most fantastic customer, guest, consumer-focused kind of cultures that really we're all seeking to, to really build. So the first piece is, is customers really don't care about the different groups inside of your business. They they don't care you know about the politics. They don't care about what's going on behind the curtain like the great Wizard of Oz. What they care about is the results they see. Now, if you work for a large company, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about silos, when I talk about politics, when I talk about the egos that can go on. And if you're a smaller business, a smaller organization, a mid-sized business, this is a cautionary tale because, you know, one of the things that really can be a killer again for organizational culture is this idea of silos. So to break it down, when you really want to think about silos, you're thinking about channels inside of your organization. And that would be like marketing, operations, maybe human resources, maybe sales, maybe you've got a home office and you've got the field, you know, all these different silos. And, you know, it can, can really hamper communication. It can make you not nearly as agile as you need to be and can really let ego settle you down. So when you think about your departments, are you inspiring the spirit of collaboration and cooperation across all channels? And that's a really important piece because when there is this like fiefdom going on, when there's no connection between your operations, your call center, those kind of things, it can really dampen the customer experience. It can make you slow to market. It can make it feel like nobody talks to anybody else. It can make your customers feel like you don't absolutely have their best interests at heart. And I will tell you, you know, if you have ever dealt with an organization that has shunted you from department to department, um, if you had a question or you needed something and you couldn't get an answer that you wanted, you know, if, if it was frustrating for you in many different ways, and, and again, we've all been there. If you've ever maybe called your cable company, <laughs> you know, maybe you've experienced a little bit of that in, in microcosm. 
but it really is the difference between, you know, having an experience where it feels like everybody is on the same page. And when you deal with those organizations, they absolutely understand that the customer needs to be the center of the thinking and organizations, frankly, that don't feel that way. So when you, when you really want to bring this to bear, start every conversation by thinking about, you know, the customer focus. Keep that as sort of your center point, as your linchpin. Everything that you do, whether it's developing a new product, putting out a sales campaign, doing advertising, putting your call center together, all of those things have to harken back to a customer problem or something you're trying to do for the customer. But again, customer in the very center of all that thinking. I remember a story about Amazon early on. You know, Amazon has this, this fierce customer focus. And one of the things that Jeff Bezos did very early on was consider, you know, how are they going to keep the customer at the center of their thinking every single you know time as they grew bigger and bigger and bigger and became this, this retail juggernaut? One of the things he did was to put an empty chair at the conference table for big, important meetings. And that chair, that empty chair, represented the customer. And so whenever they were making a decision, thinking about what was next, thinking about growth, thinking about promotions, thinking about process, they looked at that chair. And that was their linchpin, their focal point to make sure that every conversation was really leveraged around the customer and customer experience. So that's my first piece. The second piece, the the, the second key moment here is about making sure that you don't have fragmented strategies and leadership within your organization. So, you know, this is sort of part and parcel of number one, but digs a little bit deeper. So, you know, do you have a clear vision? What is your vision for your organization? What are your priorities for your organization? What are you working on? And again, how is that going to drive great quality and great service? And, and just remember, you cannot have 800 priorities. You know, again, this goes back to large organizations or maybe even the government, right? If you have ever dealt with, with a lot of government organizations or with really, really large companies, you may find that they have 8,000 different priorities. Here's the deal. Cut it down to less than five and better yet three. And if you can get down to two, awesome. Just consider that, you know, as you're thinking about this vision and your priorities, they really need to harken back to your larger purpose. What are you trying to do for your customers? What problems are you trying to solve? Why did you get into this business in the first place? And then how can you communicate that to your team? Because that's the second part. Once you've dialed in on your strategy, once you've dialed in on the behaviors, once you've dialed in on your priorities, now you have to communicate it to your direct reports and on throughout your organization, depending on how big your org chart is. So, you know, think about communicating in a way that is exceptionally understandable. You can take complex topics and make them very understandable. I'm not saying that you're not going to have complex business strategies. I'm not one to say that everything needs to fit on the back of a postage stamp. But what I do believe is that you need to make sure you're communicating in a way that makes sense to the people you're talking to. So however you can get your point across, connect them to their purpose and what you're trying to accomplish, so much the better. And, and, and again, this all needs to tie back to a customer focus, to a belief in quality. And this is really the place where safety needs to play in. So, you know, if you're thinking about your safety, you're thinking about the hospitality you want to provide, thinking about the quality, thinking about how you're going to make it easy and simple for your customers and consumers, all of that needs to be baked into the pie. Now, why is this so important? Why do you want to do any of this stuff? Why do people need to understand it? Well, when you have an easy to understand vision and priorities and strategy and behaviors that you have communicated, then you can measure them. 
And I love measurable things because then you can tie those back to performance appraisals and things like that. Because if you have goals around your survey results, around sales growth, around customer satisfaction scores, uh, against you know return visits by customers and all of those kind of metrics, if those matter to you, and I will tell you, a lot of organizations pay short shrift to thinking about the customer experience, you know, principles, the customer experience, measurable survey results, those should be a part of, of your annual appraisals, just like you would consider, again, the sales growth or, you know, any kind of middle of the page kind of things like, you know, profit margins or looking at your labor strategy, all those kind of things, your service acumen pieces. And I know that they can be considered soft skills at times, but when you can tie back real net promoter score, when you can tie back looking at your top two box on your surveys, on people's intent to recommend. Those survey topics are key to tie back into your annual appraisals, into your bonus structure, into your compensation plans. Because again, if you've ever, you know, really been a part of, of developing talent, of course you need to inspire them, you need to win hearts and minds, you need to lead in a meaningful way. But compensation is is always a part of that. People who say money doesn't matter, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I think to a point you can certainly have some you know disparity in salary. You can, you know, if you're if you're a great leader, you may inspire people to to stay and not be lured away by a few more bucks. But at the end of the day, people are looking at what metrics are being used to manage their compensation plans. And so customer service, customer experience metrics need to absolutely be a part of that. And that's why I'm such a fan of having really understandable, measurable service metrics and and that you've communicated them in a relevant way so that you can measure against them. And then finally, the third piece. But before we move into the third piece, and it's going to be about voice of the customer, about measuring and, and hearing customers, I want to let you know that we are in the middle of the great service comeback. Please know that as the economy is reopening, we, we see chances, I think, to really drive great enthusiasm, great imagination, great sales growth. But you've got to get out there and lead the pack. I want to help. So again, as I mentioned before, I'm offering a free 45-minute phone coaching session. If you'd like to talk about service growth, leadership, all the things that can drive success in your organization, you can visit me at igniteyourservice.com slash comeback or even dial up my book, Together We Serve. You can find that on amazon.com. On You can find it on ebook. You can find it on audiobook. Uh, you can order a paperback version if you love that. But you can get it right now on demand. Just go to amazon.com and search Together We Serve Tony Johnson or visit my website at igniteyourservice.com. And the final piece I'll note, if you are ready to work together, if you are ready to really catapult your sales growth to unheard of places and really talk about how we can work together, send me a note, Tony at IgniteYourService.com. I am ready to go. I have spent decades in restaurants and retails working through adversity. I would love to share that information with you. And again, this 45-minute coaching call I'm offering, no obligation, and I will give you tons of value on there. So please make sure you dial it up. Now let's move into number three, the third piece on our, on our hat trick today. Make sure that you're listening. As you're reopening your businesses, as you are talking to your employees, as you are you know, launching into the next step of, of your business adventure, make sure that you are listening. Now, listening comes in many forms. You know, you can have your voice of the customer, which is any survey mechanism you might have. So, you know, if you've ever answered a, an email survey or gotten a survey from a restaurant after a meal or even filled out a comment card, these could all be sort of your voice of the customer kind of experiences. And it's so important to listen to them. You can hear folks through one-on-one, -on -one, you know, commentary. You can actually have those conversations with people. If you've ever had a, a table touch at, at your local fast casual restaurant, that was a, a in-the-moment 
moment type of a conversation, but there's no wrong way to hear a customer. Whether it's an online survey, a live comment card, or a conversation in the moment, make sure that you're listening. And also make sure that you're listening to your employees as well, because your frontline staff, those that are eyeball to eyeball with your customers, they really do bring the most tremendous sources of learning and, and really the best way to understand what's happening in the moment. And here's the really cool part. Your employees know exactly, for the most part, what it's going to take to fix any hiccups or operational moments that, that need a little bit of massaging in your business, they know, they know the answers, they know the pain points, they know what your customers are talking about. They are uniquely positioned to help you win in that regard. So please make sure that you are taking them up on that. Now here's the dirty little secret of customer feedback. Many organizations, many businesses, they're really, really great at collecting information. You know, if you if you go to talk to, to many customer service professionals, many salespeople, they've got more information collected from surveys and, and intercept talks and all kinds of stuff, but what they've really done wrong is not done anything with it. And that is the secret to really having a great voice of the customer, a really great customer feedback program, is actually taking action on the results. You'd be shocked at how many places spend tons of time collecting data, but they don't look at it, they don't analyze it, and worse than anything, they don't share it. Because in a lot of companies, knowledge is seen as power, and if you don't share out that information, if you keep it to yourself, if you hoard that data, well, it can't be used against you, or you actually have that power because you're the gatekeeper to all the all the customer information. That really isn't great for sales growth. It's not great for customer experience. It's not great for your culture because that information, when put to use, when looked at and dissected and actually thought, you know, put into to different types of channels where it starts to make sense and you start to see themes and motifs, boy, that is powerful stuff because you can start to put actions against it. You've got empirical data on where you need to put resources. And frankly, you can just look right at it and say, okay, our customers hate this, let's stop doing that. And our customers love this, so let's keep doing that and do more of it. And that is an oversimplified version I know, but you'd be shocked at how many companies don't even do that. And, and that, that represents a huge opportunity when it comes to growing sales, to growing customer base, to growing repeat sales, and also increasing the, the, the ticket average or sales of, of every interaction that you might have with a customer. So these all represent tremendous opportunities for growth. So please don't ignore your customer feedback loops and, and make sure that you're sharing that information out regularly. So folks, we are at the end of our show. Next week, I will have a great guest for you. But this week, we are coming to the end. And I want to I caution you, please, make sure that you are keeping these core fundamental principles of service in mind as you're reopening. It's easy to think about, you know, the post-coronavirus new normal, and don't we all, again, hate that word. It's, it's easy to think about what it's going to look like to reopen. It's easy to get nervous and anxious about the environment. But I will tell you that some of the core principles, regardless of where we are in our economy, where we are in, in our culture, always hold true. And these three things, I will tell you, are, are more true than ever. Making sure that you don't get siloed up inside of your business and that your organization talks to each other. Make sure that you have a priority and a strategy and that you communicate them well and keep them, keep them simple and understandable. And then finally, listen to your customers and your employees and take action on what you hear. These three are fundamental pieces that will never go out of style, I promise you. So until next time, I'm Tony Johnson, your customer experience leader. Please make sure you visit my website, igniteyourservice.com slash comeback. And as always, keep your customers, your teams, your employees, your families at the center of everything you do, because that is where the most amazing things are possible. I will talk to you very soon. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. 
This has been Customer Service Academy Radio with Tony Johnson. Tony is available to speak at your event, meeting, or workshop. Have a powerful customer-focused day.